You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Well, I need to break right into the news because there's a lot of it. So I can't be lollygagging here with this breaking news. So Matthew Stafford, he has a hurt rib. We're not sure if it's broken or what's the deal, but he hasn't been practicing. It's been really doubtful that he actually is going to play. Uh, but now there's whispers that he, he might go, but it'll be a game-time decision. And I don't like anything about this all the way around. Like, I think if he plays, he's not going to play well. And if Chase Daniel comes in there, I, I'm, you know, I don't think Chase Daniels is a horrible backup, but I don't think he'll be very effective. So I'm, I'm really staying away from this game. Uh, so, I mean, it's something to monitor if you're really counting on Matthew Stafford to play. I mean, the matchup's not a bad matchup, so if he does play, um, you know, it could be, you know, especially for the playoffs, it could get you a lot of points. But at the same time, again, I don't think he plays. Um, I'd be nervous about a game-time decision quarterback uh, in a playoff game, and I'm not playing him. And Frank Ragnow, the, the center, fractured his throat. And I don't, you know, I didn't know you can fracture your throat until <laughs> I heard this news. Um, I'm not you know, making light of the fact that it's fractured, but it was an injury that I've never seen before, and it sounds really painful. So hopefully he's all right. He's going to be out for a while, though, and, uh, I mean, I don't see how anyone can play with a fractured throat. Um, Washington football team, Alex Smith, he isn't practicing. That's also going to be a game-time decision. Dwayne Haskins is taking all the reps. I like the Washington football team's chances with Alex Smith. I don't with Dwayne Haskins. And this isn't a knock on Dwayne Haskins. Like, he has some games where he's not bad, especially when he gets uh, time to prepare. But I, I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, if Alex Smith can go, he'd be the better option for sure. Uh, it was his calf. It's not related to the horrific leg injury that he suffered, which is really good news. Big news here, George Kittle is starting to practice. So he has three weeks to be activated or just put on IR for the rest of the year. So it looks like George Kittle's close to coming back. It won't be this week, but it could be the following week, and that would be for your playoff championship. So there's only three weeks left, and it'd be great to get old George Kittle out there. And the 49ers have definitely been missing him. So we'll see how that goes. That's some, something to monitor. And if you have him on your team and you happen to be in the playoffs at week 16, I mean, that's like a gift having him back. Like, oh, here's a top two tight end to add to your roster. Um, but my guess is more than likely if you have him on your team, your, your team wasn't able to make it very far in the playoffs. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders, they got a lot of defensive players that aren't going to be out for the game. Abram, Arnett, uh, Cleland Farrell, that's significant. That, that you know the, the defense already looks really bad, and then to lose starting players as well on top of that, I'm I'm really liking the Chargers <laughs> on Thursday to just put up a lot of points, and that makes me like uh, Herbert and Eckler a lot better in this matchup. And if Mike Evans can play, because, you know, Mike Evans, or sorry, not Mike Evans, Mike Williams, if Mike Williams is able to play, that makes it even better. He, he might not play. And uh, this would be a tough game for him to miss because he can really uh, benefit from the fact that uh, they're missing that many people. And DJ Moore is off the COVID list. That's awesome. It's great to see him back. He's going to get a lot of action. He needs to be started. He's going to be playing Denver uh, this week. So that's something to, to monitor, especially with uh, Christian McCaffrey being out. They're, uh, I, I think they're going to be passing the ball a lot more. 
not that Mike Davis has, has been bad, but you know, I, I think that's definitely going to open up the uh, the passing game with having more Samuel and Robbie Anderson as receiving options, especially with the Denver secondary. I mean, it's so injured. You have AJ Bowie who was just suspended last week, so it, it looks like it's a a good passing game for the Panthers. Julio Jones for the Falcons, wide receiver. We all know who he is. He's not practicing. So that makes it tough because the Falcons are a team where if Julio Jones doesn't play, yeah, Calvin Ridley's a great play here. It's against the Buccaneers. He definitely can score some points. The Buccaneers give up a lot of passing yards, but he's really their only option. Russell Gage hasn't really stepped up in Julio Jones' absence like he did at the beginning of the season. So it's really going to be Calvin Ridley and nobody else. So you really hope that Julio Jones can come back because having both those guys, I think, is really going to open the offense for both of them to have really good games. So that's something to definitely monitor if you have either of those players. Michael Thomas didn't practice. I'm not worried about that one. I think he's going to play and he'll be fine. And then, uh, oh yeah, Daniel Jones, he's not going to play. It's going to be the Colt McCoy show again. It wasn't the old injury that he had. It was an ankle injury this time that he hurt. So that would explain why he wasn't able to get very many rushing yards and was kind of a statue in the pocket and just getting creamed. This is probably a good move for the Giants because if he can't, you know, if he's not mobile, he's not that effective. And uh, you'd you'd be better off having Colt McCoy playing there. Ronald Jones, this is significant. He was put on the COVID list. He has a chance to play. If he keeps testing positive, he can come back on game day. That makes me nervous, too, for a playoff game because I'd like to play him against the Falcons, even though the Falcons are really good against the uh, opposing running backs. It's not a good play matchup-wise, but Ronald Jones has been pretty consistent and, and solid running back option, and I definitely think he, crack, you know, he cracks the top 30 if he plays. If not, it's going to be Leonard Fournette, and I'm kind of out on Leonard Fournette altogether. Like, even if he plays and Ronald Jones doesn't, I don't think Leonard Fournette's going to be a very good play in this one. Austin Hooper came back. Denzel Ward came back. That's really important because you see the Baltimore Ravens passing against Cleveland the way they did. Not that they passed for a lot of yards, but they were just so efficient doing it. They're really missing Denzel Ward, and Austin Hooper gets a boost because, to be honest, uh, the not that Cleveland's passing game needed him. They, they were looking fine without him. But uh, that's a big boost to that passing game in Baker Mayfield. Patriots' Julian Edelman finally came back from practice. It seemed like everyone forgot about Julian Edelman. I, I sure did as well. He's been kind of a non-existent guy this season with the knee injury. But he's back at practice, so we'll see if he uh, is able to finish out the last couple games of the season. It'd be great to see. Alan Lazard... He's been hurt. He was limited. I, he plays, so I don't think that's a big deal. And then Matt Breida was activated off the reserve COVID-19 list. That's big news just because um, Mike Gesicki is hurt, Devontae Parker's hurt, Jakeem Grant is hurt. That's a lot of their offense that ha, you know that's been hurt. Um, Parker and Grant were just limited. Mike Gesicki was out. So I think Mike Kosicki was the better player anyways, and if he's out, it's really tough to trust anyone else on that offense. With Breida coming off the COVID list and uh, Salvin Ahmed, or Ahmed, supposed to be coming back at running back, that's going to leave a three-headed monster between DeAndre Washington, Salvin Ahmed, and um, uh, Matt Breida. And I'm just I'm staying away from that. I don't think, you know, it's not a good enough matchup for me to take a chance on any of them. And what it looks like to me is all three are going to be inefficient for fantasy football purposes. So uh, looking through here, that's really it. David Johnson, he was taken off the COVID-19 list, so he should be able to play. That's really good news for David Johnson. I don't like the matchup that much. It's against the Colts, and we know how the Colts' defense is, even though they haven't been that dynamic recently. Uh, David Johnson's not that <laughs> dynamic recently either, uh, or I should say even before the COVID. So I don't like that play here for David Johnson. Brandon Cooks is coming back from his neck injury. I don't think that matters. I think he gets the most targets for the team and receiving yards, 
but I'm expecting a bad day from like, you know, the Chad Hansons and the Kiki Kutis of the world. I think Brandon Cooks will, you know, be like the, you know, six for 60 yard type game. And uh, that'll be, that'll be about it in regards to wide receivers getting uh, any type of, of yards and points and targets. So Ezekiel Elliott, he didn't practice. That's big news as well. But Ezekiel Elliott, just with this decimated Dallas Cowboys team, Ezekiel Elliott just can't get anything going. I actually think he's a sit in this game against the 49ers. It's tough to say because he's top three pick. But I'm scared to play him. If I owned him and I had a playoff game this week, I don't know that I would start him. And I I really would want to. But, uh, I mean, you you have to, basically, just because it's it's like one of those situations where, you know, you – you took the girl to the prom, but you don't want to leave her at the prom because she might end up the prom queen. And you'd kick yourself if she ended up being the prom queen and you left her at the dance. So that's how I look at it. Like, you take the guys that got you there, and Ezekiel Elliott got you there, so play him. But you can't feel good about it right now. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a scary, uh, scary day if you're trying to play him. Robert Woods didn't practice. That's significant. Makes me a little bit nervous. I really like him this week. I like him and Cooper Cup. Robert Woods a little bit more, obviously, against the New York Jets. So if he's not playing, I think that really boosts up Josh Reynolds. But uh, pay attention to that because Robert Woods is on a lot of people's rosters, and he's a guy you want in there for this type of matchup. Jamison Crowder didn't practice. That's significant, too, because then you're really looking at just uh, – uh, Brashard Perriman and Denzel Mims at receiver against this Rams secondary. That makes things a little bit easier for them, and that makes me like the Rams defense against this Jets offense a whole lot better. I, I don't like, I don't even see how the Jets can move the ball with uh, who they're throwing out there this week. Uh, Kayleigh Campbell, uh, Kayleigh Campbell uh, Marcus Peters, and Jimmy Smith, they all didn't practice for that Ravens defense. Definitely need to pay attention to that. This could be a really high-scoring game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, you think it's going to be a blowout because of the Ravens and the Jaguars, but if you're missing that many people on defense, this actually could be a little bit closer than uh, what we're expecting. So expect a really solid game from Lamar Jackson in this one. But that, that does it for the breaking news. Actually, a couple other things really quick. Uh... Hollywood Brown, Miles Boykin, James Proche, or Proche, uh, they were on the COVID list. They all can get off as well, so we'll see what kind of weapons Lamar Jackson has. That's another reason why this game might be closer. Uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't or might not have any wide receivers to throw to because that's really everyone. I mean, you have Willie Sneed at this point, Devin DuVernay. Um, that's really it if they don't play. So monitor that. I really like Lamar Jackson if they're able to play. But, I mean, you always have Mark Andrews. So as long as he's there, I guess it's not going to be, uh, you know, a total famine-type situation. The 17th game of the season, there's been obviously talk that it's been approved. They're not sure when it's going to happen, especially with COVID now. It might delay that 17th game for a while. But it's going to be against the other conference. The uh, So an AFC team will play an NFC team. NFC team will play an AFC team. They're just trying to get those teams to team up more. There's pretty big matchups that don't happen very often because of the way the schedule is with playing a team every four years. So this is a way to try to have that interconference uh, matchups happen a little bit more. And I like that idea. I think that's a good way to go. You know, people are tired of seeing the same teams in the AFC and NFC all the time play each other. So... Uh, I don't think, obviously it was approved, so I don't think fans are going to be upset about that. Lewis Riddick interviewed for the Texans and Lions GM job. He was on the ESPN uh, Monday morning show or an ESPN show. I don't know. I don't watch ESPN. But uh, he was a safety in the NFL, and he was a scout for Washington and Eagles and uh, made it to director. He's a great football mind. He hasn't been a GM before, but I'm pretty sure he can do it. Probably a lot better than the uh, GMs that he'd be replacing. So he's he's a hot commodity, and uh, he'll be interviewing for those two jobs. 
And obviously, you know, with the Rooney role, they have to hire minority or they have to interview minorities. So that would uh, get, you know, that would meet that requirement. But again, I don't think this is just let's hire or let's interview a minority candidate and uh, move on to our real candidates. I actually think he is a strong candidate and can really, uh, uh, I don't know, he can make, you know, if he was hired, he could do a really good job for either of those teams who are kind of struggling in the player personnel departments right now. So there you go. There's the news. I got it done. Only blip up was my Jets take. I quickly corrected it. Let's get on to the previews. To start out the Sunday preview, we have the Dynasty of the 80s going against the Dynasty of the 90s. It is the San Francisco 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys. And this game will not be anything like the close games that they've had for those two decades against each other. It's, uh, you know, fans were pretty excited early on about these two teams. 49ers were just, you know, off of a Super Bowl run. Dallas Cowboys had all this talent that everyone was excited about and thought that they'd win the division and that they'd run away with the division. And, man, the that's why you play the season because <laughs> injuries have depleted both these teams and Dallas is already out of the playoffs. 49ers are clinging on by the seat of their pants. Doesn't look like they're going to make it. And the Niners are favored by three points. You know, I like that. I, I picked the Niners to win by three. I, you know, I know I'm picking Nick Mullins to beat Andy Dalton, but I, I don't think I'm asking for a lot. I'm really going with defense here. I just think the Niners defense is a lot better than than the Cowboys and that's going to be the difference. The over under is 45. I'm taking the under. Two injury depleted teams with uh backup quarterbacks. I, I can't see them scoring over 45. So, give me the under on this one. You're starting Nick Mullins. You're basically starting everyone for the 49ers. It's the Dallas Cowboys. They're really bad defense and they can't defend anybody for anything. Uh, you're, so you're starting Nick Mullins. Jeff Wilson, you know, I'm, I'm saying to start Tevin Coleman and Jeff Wilson just because, obviously, it doesn't look like Mostert's going to play. So with Mostert being out, Jeff Wilson, I think, is going to be one of the top plays of the week at running back, especially with the way the Niners run the ball. Debo Samuels is hurt. He's out for the the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, Jeff Wilson is going to be a big play here and I, I put Tevin Campbell or Tevin Coleman Tevin Campbell <laughs> round and round um anyways Tevin Coleman here just because he's going to be the other guy getting carries it's never just one guy with the Niners so Tevin Coleman's going to be that other guy right now and he can definitely get some sneaky touchdowns and with the way the Cowboys defend the run he, he can have a decent game as well it's it's in the realm of possibility in this game that Jeff Wilson dominates and then Tevin Coleman has a decent game too. Kendrick Bourne, you're starting him. He'll be the other receiver, I think, that gets the targets with the absence of Debo Samuel. And then Brandon Ayuk, I think he's a great receiver that needs to be in there. He's going to be getting a lot of uh, passes and targets from Nick Mullins because of the absence of Debo Samuel. So uh, a lot of good moving parts here for the 49ers with uh, some really good opportunities because of injury. I'm benching Jordan Reed. That's about it. I'm sorry, Jordan Reed. I loved you. I built you up for the last two weeks. You've disappointed me. And it's not because of that that you're on the bench. It's just a bad matchup. It's the one thing that the Cowboys defend pretty well. So you're on the bench. For the Cowboys, I'm really benching a lot of people. Andy Dalton, I don't have trust in him in this matchup. Ezekiel Elliott, I know it pains me to say this. And, you know, we've already talked about it with the breaking news. You really need to ride with him. So you're going to play him, but you can't expect a really good performance here. It's just been, you know, basically since Dak Prescott got hurt. I mean, I'm trying to go all the way back, uh, you know, after that, if there was a point. But it's really since Dak Prescott got hurt he's just been really inconsistent and I get it you really just have to focus on him and make sure he doesn't beat you to, to beat the Cowboys so it, it just if, if you're in the the playoffs which if you know you're Ezekiel owner you're probably not and I know I said that during the breaking news as well um but that's how I feel about it, it's, it you're gonna be nervous 
Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb on the bench. Dalton Schultz is on the bench. Not a good matchup for him. I do like Amari Cooper because I think he'll get enough targets to be efficient. But Amari Cooper is the only guy I have starting for the Cowboys. And that's crazy to me because usually I have, you know, quite a bit. And uh, with Amari Cooper, it's not necessarily a good matchup. Just the volume, I think, wins out in this one. So it should be pretty interesting to see. The classic rivalry. Uh, it just This game won't be very classic by itself. This next game is the Seattle Seahawks at the Washington football team. And this game actually had some intrigue to it. And uh, it still might. It's the... Uh, Seattle's favored by 5.5 points. I'm taking Seattle on this one. The over-under is 44.5, and I'm taking the over on this one. It, I was a little nervous about it because Washington's defense is pretty good. Seattle's defense is improving. I, I take it all back if... Dwayne Haskins ends up playing quarterback. I would take the under, but Alex Smith is—he's saying he's playing. He looks like he's playing. If he is playing, I—I I like the over, but I still like the Seattle Seahawks to win by five and a half points in this one. Seattle's just playing really well, and Washington football team is too. But uh, I think they'll come down to earth from their winning streak this week. You're starting Russell Wilson. It's a bad matchup, bad bad matchup, but it's Russell Wilson, so you're. You're riding them into the playoffs. You're starting them every game. You don't want to lose a game having Russell Wilson on your bench. Uh, Chris Carson, same, bad matchup, but you're putting him in there. And then DK Metcalf, bad matchup, but you're putting him in there. He's uh, one of the top receivers in the NFL. And then you're benching Tyler Lockett and Will Disley. Not good matchups, and they just haven't really been producing. So I'm not taking the chance here with a championship on the line. Uh, Washington football team, Alex Smith, I'm starting him. Seattle's, even though their defense is better, they still give up a lot of points to the wide receivers and quarterback. So I'm starting Alex Smith in this one. And, of course, Terry McLaurin and Cam Sims. I like both of those guys, so I'm starting him. I'm, I'm benching Steven Sims, the other half of the Sims brothers tandem, just because since he came back from IR, he's really been ineffective, and it's makes be nervous to put him in the lineup although i still think he can have a decent game he just hasn't proven it logan thomas same thing bad matchup this week he's not someone that you should start and play uh, which is unfortunate because actually logan thomas has really been coming on strong lately and then peyton barber the reason why i put peyton barber on here is because of the fact that he's going to be splitting carries with jd mckissick I love J.D. McKissick, not because of the rushing yards. Seattle does a great job at that. It's the passing yards. Seattle gives up a ton of yards receiving to the running back. That's J.D. McKissick's specialty. Not so much Peyton Barber. So that's why I have McKissick as a really good play, actually. he I think he could be a top 10 play. And uh, Peyton Barber, yeah, not being a, a good play here at all. So uh, there you have it. That's the game, and it, it's hard to predict because it's really going to come down to who plays quarterback is it going to be haskins or alex smith the chicago bears at the minnesota vikings and i'm going to be honest beginning of the season this game would have really bored me it's you know vikings offense was anemic couldn't really get anything going besides Dalvin Cook. Chicago Bears were really good on defense. Bears offense couldn't do anything. Vikings defense wasn't very good, but it didn't matter because the Bears would have not been able to uh, drive the ball. And now it's really intriguing. It's The defense isn't as good for the Bears. They've been struggling a little bit. Vikings defense is still bad, but their offense is, has, has a revival with how well Justin Jefferson and Thielen has been playing in the, the passing game. Obviously, Dalvin Cook. And, yeah, so Vikings are favored by three. I'm taking them. I think the Vikings win by, th yeah, more than a field goal uh, just because of the home team. Uh, so I'll take them. It's, I was a little bit nervous about it because I'm like, even if they just win by a field goal, it's a push. So why not take the Bears? But, uh, you know, divisional game, I'm taking the Vikings. Over-under is 47. I really wanted to take the under but I can't do it. There's too many starts in this one, so I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. 
Uh, so I think they score over 47 points. For the Bears, I'm starting David Montgomery. I He's been on a tear, and the Vikings don't have a, a good run defense to make me think that that stops in this game. So you're throwing him out there. Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney even, I think they can have really good games. Vikings can't defend anything through the air. So Mitchell Trubisky will have some options. Uh, Cole Komet, he's a start as well. The Vikings... You know, I, I, it's a middle-of-the-road matchup. It's not like the Vikings are horrible at defending the tight end. I just think that uh, the Bears use their tight ends, and Cole Komet could have a lot of targets. I'm sitting Mitchell Trubisky, however, and you could be like, how can you do that? And I am sitting him just because the Vikings actually do a decent job against the quarterback, so I don't expect a big performance from him, just an efficient one where he's able to get it to his weapons. And although, although I like Robinson, Mooney, and Cole Komet, I don't think they're all going to be scoring a bunch of touchdowns. So I, Robinson maybe. I think Robinson obviously can get 100 yards and a touchdown. Or if he gets two, that's great. But uh, the other guys are just going to be yardage plays. Anthony Miller's a bench. He doesn't do anything. Uh, starting for the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, of course. It's a bad matchup, but you're starting him because he can make bad matchups look good. It's the playoffs. He was injured last year for the playoffs, so this is his chance to shine for a team trying to win the championship. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, both of those receivers, bad matchups, but you're playing them because either one has a potential of just having a really good game, and you don't want them on your bench for it. Herb Smith Jr., I need to build him up a little bit. I need to talk about him because I think he's going to be a top five tight end play. So he could be available on the waiver wire too. So if he's there, you need to pick him up and put him in your lineup. That's how confident I am in him this week and how much I'm really kind of banging my hand or my fist on the table about him. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is hurt. He's not playing. Uh, Smith scored a touchdown last week. I think it continues this week, and Bears, that's the one spot where they don't defend very well. So give me all the Irv Smith shares that I can get on this one. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I'm sitting him. It's kind of funny because I'm sitting the quarterbacks but starting everybody else. I just think that all these guys are starts, but it's really going uh, to be one player that's going to have the – the breakout performance and the other ones are going to be disappointing. You just don't know who that's going to be, so you don't want to take the, uh, you don't want to be the guy that benches them. So you're playing them, but uh, yeah, quarterback wise, I just think that that's uh, they're they're both not going to have very good games, and they're they're outside the top fifteen for me, uh, especially with everyone playing this week. This next matchup is going to be really fun to talk about. And why do I say this? Because it's the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. If you haven't been paying attention to the history on this, it's the Patriots are really bad at Miami. Even when they were a dynasty with Tom Brady and Randy Moss and all those guys, they still, for whatever reason, struggled at Miami. There'd be seasons where, you know, the Patriots lost two or three games and the Dolphins won three or four games. And one of those wins for Miami was the Patriots at Miami. So the the Patriots are not as good of a team as Miami is right now. So you better believe I'm taking the Miami Dolphins in the two and a half points. The over-under is 41.5. I'm taking the under. It's going to be a defensive battle. I don't like a lot of people in this matchup. There's not anyone in this matchup that I would play for a playoff spot on the line. There's There's maybe one. There's one player I would play with the playoffs on the line and I'll get to that in a second but I mean you're yeah this is a game you you should really ignore and it's not going to be fun to watch it's just kind of fun because of the history of you know this is a place the Patriots don't play well at so for the starts for New England you're starting Demir Bird I just think he's a big play threat you need to play him and outside of that I mean if Julian Edelman plays there's a you know he's coming off the injured reserve and he's practicing so he's available at any time I would play him if he plays but because I think his lack of production early on was because of the injury that he's been sitting out for K 
Cam Newton, you're sitting him. Damian Harris, James White. I, I don't like anyone. Jacoby Meyer. Um, Devin Astiasi, if he plays. I mean, I think he is injured. So, I mean, whoever the tight end is now <laughs> for New England, you're, you're benching. You're not playing them. Uh, Dolphins, on on a similar note, you're benching everyone. Tua Tagovailoa, I don't like him. And the running back situation, I'd really like Miles Gaskins if he played, but since he's not playing, it's going to be like a three-headed monster of Salvin uh, Ahmed, DeAndre Washington, Matt Breida. We talked about it in the breaking news, so I'm not going to touch up on it too much, but that's just not enough. Uh, I don't like that option. Uh, I, I think as a whole unit they can be effective, but as individual players, there's not anyone I would, I would start, especially if I'm trying to win a championship. So... Having said that, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, they've been practicing, so there's a chance that they could play. They're limited, but I don't know. I would definitely monitor it. And as of actually right now, I wouldn't even be playing them because Tua's not really building a good rapport with the wide receivers right now. I think it's a risky play to be playing wide receivers against this, uh, well, first against New England defense, but then secondly, just with how bad Tua's been with uh, giving the ball to Parker and to, to Grant. I do like, well, and I'm going to back up a little bit too. Mike Kosicki didn't practice, so I'm worried about that. Mike Kosicki's been dominant tight end for the last like month of the season. Uh, so you, you definitely would be a must start if he was playing, but I have him on the bench right now because it doesn't look like he's going to play. And that's just uh, the one guy that I would want to throw out there. The, the one guy I would start for the Dolphins too, if I had, you know, if it really came down to it and I had to start someone, Lynn Bowden Jr. He's listed as a running back and wide receiver, so I like his position flexibility. Uh, you can definitely put him anywhere in the lineup without having to worry about, you know, what position he's eligible for. And he's kind of playing the slot receiver role where he's getting a lot of targets. He got like eight targets last game. Uh, was their leading receiver. So he's definitely someone to monitor, and I do like him in this matchup against the Patriots because you can do a lot of different tricky things with him. And the, the Dolphins always throw out some tricky stuff against the Patriots to win. You know, way back to the days when Ronnie Brown was doing Wildcat, when they actually kind of reinvented Wildcat for a little bit and made it a big craze. So, uh, again, I, I think Lynn Bowden Jr. is intriguing. Other than that, you just need to leave this game alone. And uh, you'll be better off for it. This next game is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are favored by 13.5 points. Usually, I wouldn't do that. I mean, two touchdowns is a lot, but I'm really liking the way the Ravens are playing. They're kind of in desperation mode where they know they need to win, and they're playing like it. And the Jacksonville Jaguars basically packing it in and just waiting for the season to end because they're not playing anywhere near the, the inspired football they were playing when they almost upset the Packers. So I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens. The over-under is 47.5. I'm taking the under, not because I don't think the Ravens are going to score a lot of points, but I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to. So this is one of those games that are kind of scary just uh, for that reason, where if they get a big enough lead, you can start seeing some backups. Uh, but, you know, uh, the matchup is just golden for, for a lot of these players, and I don't have a lot of them on the bench. So for Jacksonville Jaguars, you're starting James Robinson. It's a decent matchup. Ravens have really kind of trailed off against the running back position, and James Robinson, he's kind of trailed off as well. He has been a solid play all year, but uh, you, you can't really like his production last week if you were in the playoffs. And I'm, I'm worried, though, even though he has a good matchup here, that he'll be the main focal point because they don't have a lot else. But, I I mean, it's James Robinson. You're not going to bench him. Keelan Cole, he's another one. And, and not just for his receiving skills, but just for his special teams play. I mean, he can get a, a punt return or, you know, kick return. Like, he's, he's a good special teams player. So he can score that way if your league allows special teams touchdowns. So I like him in that role, and you know they're going to be behind and playing from behind is how I look at this game, and uh, I just think the Minshew's uh, connection with Keelan Cole is 
they have a good chemistry, so uh, I, I like that a lot. You're sitting everyone else, though. Gard, Gardner Minshew. DJ Chark just isn't getting the ball. I don't know what it is, but it's frustrating, and I'm not going to trust him in this matchup. Uh, LaVishka Chenault, same thing. Colin Johnson, his magic kind of ended. I liked him a lot last week. Uh, he was getting a lot of targets, and it, they just dissipated last week. So, yeah, you, you let me down. I'm not going to go to that well again. Baltimore Ravens, I, I don't have – I have Miles Boykin sitting. That's the only person. Uh, I, Hollywood Brown has an amazing matchup, but I'm kind of worried about him just because – you know, the news with Hollywood Brown, Miles Boykin, and James Pro, uh, Prochet all going on the COVID list. So they could potentially play if they keep testing negative, but that still scares me. So I'd definitely monitor that. But regardless, I don't like Miles Boykin. He's always the other receiver. Lamar Jackson doesn't throw to the other guys that much. So I'm, I'm benching Miles Boykin. But Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed, regardless on whether, you know, these guys play for the, uh, you know, come off the COVID list and play. Willis needs a play. He's a must play. Lamar Jackson actually, out of all the receivers, has the best connection with Willie Sneed, and this is just a dynamic matchup. So I like Willie Sneed regardless. Uh, Mark Andrews, love him. I uh, think he can be the top tight end this week. Jaguars can't defend the tight end position. Mark Andrews is one of the best, and Lamar Jackson is always looking his way. So this could be a really good game for him. And, of course, you're starting Lamar Jackson just because, you know, his running skills, I think he'll do a better job throwing the ball this week with this matchup. And then J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, two running backs. You need to start them both. They use them both. Edwards is like seven yards a carry, seven and a half yards a carry. J.K. Dobbins is their main back, gets a lot of the goal line carries. So between those two, I think they're both must-starts, and they both could have – I mean, you, potentially if you have them both on your roster, you could maybe start both of them and both – you know, and get both – or get good performances from both of them. So uh, it'll be intriguing to see. Tyler Eifert we don't need to talk about. I mean, he could be a start. Ravens don't defend the tight end very well. They'll be playing from behind uh, on the Jaguar side. But, I mean, this game is just going to be a – it's going to be a slaughter. Ravens are going to dominate, and uh, it, it'll be a fun game if you have a lot invested fantasy football-wise, especially if they're the Ravens. But if not, this isn't going to be a game that's going to uh, be that intriguing. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. This will be a fun game. The Buccaneers are favored by six points. Atlanta's at home. It's a divisional game. I don't like that. I'm actually taking the Falcons and the points. I, I think the Buccaneers will win, but I don't think it's going to be by more than six points. So that one was kind of easy for me. We'll see if that happens. The Falcons, or the over-under for the game, is 50.5 points. I'm taking the over. And although I think this will be more of a defensive matchup, they're just. I think there's going to be crazy things like defense of touchdowns and special teams touchdowns that's going to kind of throw a wrench in everything. So I, I think both teams score around the 25-point mark, and uh, so that's why I have the over. Start-wise for the Buccaneers, you're starting Tom Brady. It doesn't get any better than this. This is the best matchup that you can have. Falcons have been playing better on defense, but they still just give up a lot of points to the quarterback. And uh, so Tom Brady should have a huge game which means you're definitely starting Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. Anyone that can catch a ball, Rob Gronkowski, anyone catching a ball from Tom Brady, you're going to start. They can have a really big game here. And Rob Gronkowski, I think, is going to have a top three tight end day here in this matchup. So, yeah, I, the Falcons don't have anyone that can cover any of these guys. So, in that regard, I, I think the... Uh, you know, the Buccaneers will be scoring a lot through the air. Now, Ronald Jones was on the COVID list. He could get off the COVID list for the game. We'll see how that goes. If not, Leonard Fournette is the running back. I'm sitting Leonard Fournette. I, I just don't like this matchup. Falcons do a great job against the running back. 
and Leonard Fournette's not dynamic enough for me to like that play at all. And then even if LaShawn McCoy comes in and tries to split with them a little bit, I don't like that play at all either. I think they both need to be on the bench. So Scotty Miller, you know, he had that bomb last week. That was his moment in the sun, and I don't expect to see that again. So don't start Scotty Miller because of that one play. Or even put him on your roster for that one play, for that matter. For the Atlanta Falcons, it's a little bit different. Calvin Ridley, you're starting him. He's, you know, Buccaneers give up a lot of passing yards. Gotta like Calvin Ridley. And Julio Jones, he's not practicing, so if he doesn't play, I don't like Calvin Ridley as much. I mean, I like him. You're obviously starting him, but I think Calvin Ridley could be a top 10 play here. If Julio Jones doesn't play, I think Calvin Ridley slides a little bit. Um, I, I really think that uh, Matt Ryan likes having both at his disposal, and he makes them both better, and he's more efficient with both of them when they both play. So pay attention to Julio Jones. You're playing Julio Jones, obviously, if he does play. You're benching him if he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> that's why you listen to this podcast, folks. <laughs> anyway, uh Hayden Hurst, you're starting him. He's a good play. But uh, i got to be honest, I'd, I'd be nervous about starting Hayden Hurst because he's had a lot of good matchups this year, and he's just not getting the ball. He's even getting targets. Like He'll have like five or six targets and have like two catches. So I don't know what's going on there, but it uh, hasn't been good. And so stats say that you should start Hayden Hurst, that uh, it's a weakness for the Buccaneers. But I'm having a tough time trusting Hayden Hurst at this moment, especially if you're trying to go for, you know, win a playoff game. You're sitting everyone else, though. Matt Ryan is a sit. Buccaneers don't give up a lot of points to the quarterback. They give up a little bit more if it's a running quarterback. Well, guess what, folks? Matt Ryan, he's not a running quarterback. So I think he can safely be on your bench. Todd Gurley, same thing. He can be on your bench as well. You, you don't really need him uh, in this one. It's unfortunate, but uh, especially he just came off that injury. He he played last week, and it didn't look good, and this matchup's not any better. Buccaneers do a great job at stopping the running back. And then Russell Gage, you know, if Julio Jones doesn't play, people will jump on the Russell Gage uh, train thinking that that will mean more targets, but it doesn't. And it's odd to me, and I don't understand it, but it doesn't lead to more targets for Russell Gage. So uh, he needs to be on your bench. I don't I don't trust that. So anyways, Buccaneers, Falcons, it'll be a, it'll be a fun game. And uh, I'm definitely expecting fireworks from Tom Brady. So let's see if it happens. This next game, I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but I don't know quite what to say about it. It's really going to come down to if Matthew Stafford plays. If he plays, I like the Lions a lot more, even though I still think they're going to lose. The Tennessee Titans are favored by 11 points, and I'm going to take the Titans just because I need to make sure Matthew Stafford's playing before I give uh, you know, any credence to them being able to stay in this game. The over-under is 51.5. I'm taking the under, not because I don't think the Titans will score. I think the Lions won't score as much as what we think, even with this really bad defense that the Titans play. So I'm actually would be starting Matthew Stafford for the Lions if he plays. I don't care how injured he is. The Titans are just so horrible against the quarterback position that, uh, you know. But here's the thing, too, is we start Matthew Stafford when he has good matchups. It's really held true this year. He has a... Great matchup, doesn't do anything. And you're like, what's going on? I'm never playing Matthew Stafford again. Then he plays a really, like, you know, a top 10 defense, and he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns. It's I can't figure out Matthew Stafford. DeAndre Swift, he's the main workhorse. You're playing him. He's going to get the volume, uh, majority of those carries. But Adrian Peterson still could sneak some touchdowns and, and, and get enough carries that he could be effective. So I'm starting both of them. And then Marvin Jones, I'm starting him just because Titans are horrid in the secondary. Marvin Jones is their best receiver right now, so I think he can have a big game. And then I'm benching all the other guys, Danny Amendola, uh, Quintez uh, Cepheus. Uh, 
Mohamed Sanu, though, I am starting. I think that he could be a decent play here. He's been quiet for, you know, basically since Thanksgiving. But I think this is one that he can have a, a decent performance in. And then T.G. Hawkinson, tight end. He's our other main target. This one's a big game for him. I think he can have a big game here. So you're playing, you're playing him. For the Tennessee Titans, they're playing everybody. I mean, Derrick Henry is just, he had a monster game last week. There's no reason why he can't have a monster game this week. I'm scared not to play him in, like, the FanDuel lineups. And it's not a question if you're playing Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill, he has a, I think he has a top-five performance this week. Detroit doesn't play good defense. Ryan Tannehill is just, this is a matchup made heaven for him with his rushing ability and passing ability. Uh, he could do it both. I think he's going to just eat the Lions defense alive. Uh, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, both of those guys, too, can have decent outings. I actually lean to Corey Davis uh, from a you know a consistency aspect, but AJ Brown's such a big playmaker that he can go off for like two catches and a hundred yards and two touchdowns. So AJ Brown could have a really huge game here. I'm sitting everyone else though, which is basically just Jonu Smith and Anthony Ferkser. The Lions do a decent job against the tight end, and I can't figure out why the Titans don't use their tight ends more. Maybe Janu Smith scores and saves it, but outside of that, I yeah, I, I'm not liking the the volume that they'll be receiving uh, in this matchup. But uh, Tennessee Titans, they're going to win this one, and they're it's going to really come down to the wire on who wins that AFC South. In this last Sunday morning game, it's going to be the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. This should be a fun one. AFC South showdown. The man, the Colts are favored by seven points. I'm taking the Colts. I, I think they cover the spread. They they win by more than a touchdown. And the over-under is 51. I'm taking the under. I just don't like the Texans in this matchup. Like the Colts defense hasn't been playing great lately, but I think with how depleted the Texans are right now that the Colts really shut them down. So I expect the Colts to score. I don't expect the Texans to score. Uh, and that's why I think it's going to be the under. But for the Texans, you're starting Deshaun Watson. And not because he has a good matchup. You're just starting him because he's Deshaun Watson and you hope for the best. But this really is not a good matchup for him. He doesn't have a lot to throw to with the injuries to uh well, the suspension of Will Fuller and the injuries, uh, or the injury to Randall Cobb. Brandon Cooks is coming back, so we'll see if uh, Brandon Cooks could be uh, effective. I do like him. I'd start him just because of uh, the targets that he's going to get if he does play. But, you know, it makes me nervous playing a guy that's been injured and, and is coming back. David Johnson, I think he's a good start, just, again, because of the volume. But he's one of those guys that's you know, pretty average. He has a, a low uh, low ceiling, and uh, he pretty much meets the low ceiling. He's going to get you 10 points and 10 to 14 points and just be happy with it. But against the Colts, it might be a little bit tougher. So it's really going to depend on him if he scores. But I think he's going to get the ball enough that he does. So we'll see how that works out. And then Chad Hansen, Kiki Kuti. Jordan Aikens, they're all benches. I, I don't think there's going to be enough to go around. Colts defense is pretty good, and for a playoff game, I'm not counting on those guys to be that productive that they're going to make a difference in my matchup. So they're on the bench. And then for the Colts, Phillip Rivers, I mean, Rivers is going to have a huge day. I hate to say it because it's Phillip Rivers, and he's burned people a lot with his poor performances and good matchups. But this one, I think he's definitely going to be a top-five quarterback. So put him in there. Jonathan Taylor, another one. The Texans give up. They're like the second-worst team in all of football with uh, how many yards they give up. So Jonathan Taylor, he is getting the majority of the work volume in the running game. You saw it two weeks ago. You saw it last week where he scored two touchdowns and had 150 yards. I think it just will continue. They're going to ride the hot hand. Jonathan Taylor's been playing great. So you definitely need to start Jonathan Taylor without thinking twice. 
But I still think there's room for Naheem Hines in the passing game and then obviously taking over some carries for Jonathan Taylor. So those guys are both starters in this game. T.Y. Hilton, I mean, you saw what he did two weeks ago to Houston. You just need to keep rolling that die on T.Y. Hilton. He came out of nowhere, didn't do anything all year, against Houston just exploded. Last week he exploded for two touchdowns. Well, he's playing Houston again. So throw him in there. He's going to have a big week. He could be a difference maker for sure. And then I'm starting Michael Pittman, but I'm not happy about it. He's had a lot of great matchups. You thought this would be his breakout game. It hasn't happened. And he's getting targets, but he's not. I mean, he's only getting like three to four catches and, you know, 40 to well, 30 to 40 yards. And it's just not cutting it. We need to see a lot more from uh, Michael Pittman Jr. But he is a rookie, and I think there's potential there. It's just it's not working out for whatever reason uh, for the, you know, since he came off of injured reserve. Trey Burton is a good play here, too. I think Trey Burton can have a big game as a tight end. So if you need a tight end play, Trey Burton might be your guy. And uh, that's really it. Zach Pascoe, you're sitting. That's it, just because you can't get the ball to everybody. And uh, this is going to be a game pretty much decided on if the Colts' defense steps up like they – you know, started the season, or if the Houston Texans offense, or yeah, if the Houston Texans offense can get rolling with, uh, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks coming back and David Johnson coming back because they've looked really bad, and maybe these two guys coming back will uh, add a spark to their offense and they'll play at least better than they did against the Bears last week. And uh, that's really it for the Sunday morning games. That's all the time we have for today. This is the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Show. I am Ms. The Wiz Montalban. We appreciate you listening. We'll be right back at it tomorrow with the Sunday afternoon previews, the Sunday night preview, the Monday night preview. And then we'll be giving you free money, as in giving you our FanDuel lineup so you can win. It's the, All it is is you go into the FanDuel lineup, give you the or put in the lineup that we give you, and you win money. It's that magical. Anyways, we'll uh, see you guys all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Cheers, and enjoy the rest of your day.